0: Tell me me to your bed. Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pam, and this is episode 200. 200 people. Can you even believe it? 200 episodes means I've literally, I've literally done an episode every single week. So that means I'm at this point like a couple months over four years of doing the podcast. So I think that's that's a landmark, a hell of a landmark. Everybody. And we've done something a little bit special for this episode. in that over the past two weeks, I did a bunch of polls. I did a couple polls on Twitter. I did some open ended, you know, asks for who would you like to be a repeat guest. If there was a guest that you had on the podcast, who would you like for them to come back? So through all of that, you know, we narrowed it down to four people. So we had Lady Shane, Lady Delphine, Lady Henry, that's right, three dominatrixes, and Andrea Warehund. Those were our top four. And then it got, oh, whittled down to Lady Delphine and Lady Shane. It was really tense and really exciting. And I did like four more polls on multiple platforms. They all came up with our guest who I have here today. So without further ado, let me introduce back to the Bedpost podcast for episode 200, Pro-Dominatrix Lady Delphine. Hello Lady Pim, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so great. I was so excited to see that people voted for you. I was like, I would love to interview Lady Delphine again.
1: Yeah, it was really, it was kind of exciting. Yes. (laughs) I was like, "Why? why? What do you want me to talk about little old me
0: <laughs> little old me with just a huge following that Apparently. advocates for you that's all um but it's great because I wanted to ask you about something exciting that is just happened in your life like a few weeks ago I think
1: I think I know where you're going with this. yes it's,
0: it's your master's thesis
1: yes I just finished uh, 11 and a half months of research and studying and grueling, yeah, really grueling, tired <laughs> days, but yeah, no, I just uh, submitted it three weeks ago, and now I just have to walk the stage in October, but I am done. Oh my Officially God. done. Officially. Officially! That's amazing.
0: How does it feel?
1: It's exciting. It was kind of lackluster. Um, both my supervisors had personal issues, so it kind of just ended abruptly. <laughs> just um, ended. But I'm really happy. It's this honking 40-page paper that I think everyone in my life is sick and tired of reading, but it's amazing. It's about my work, it's about my research, and I'm really excited for it.
0: So let's get into it. What What is the title of this monster? Are you ready? Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. Drum roll. Okay. Drum roll, please the labor of pleasure and pain exploring intimacy and the therapeutic aspect of professional BDSM through emotional labor
0: that is a long a long title yes uh, and probably an even <laughs> longer idea that is huge so emotional labor yes within professional BDSM kind Correct. of yeah, yeah. That, so, that's kind of it
1: yeah it's pretty much broken down into three big chunks great emotional labor, um, sexual scripts, and then uh, therapeutic BDSM or relationships. Yeah. So I kind of argue with, you know, what the heteronormative uh, standard, especially with most of our clients being males, kind of what this, like, masculinity um, is and what it looks like in the world and in a scene, Mm -hmm. and then what it's like to be a provider and having to deal with... Performing as a therapist without being a therapist. Yes. yes. And, is and it, a
0: lot of jo- jobs do that.
1: Exactly. So yeah. many jobs. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, so that's why I use emotional labor. Um, the whole original concept was actually looking at flight attendants.
0: Oh, cool. Um,
1: so I kind of parallel a lot of that about how job satisfaction... Um, it's really ingrained in keeping your client happy, but what does that cost you at the end of the day? Of
0: course, yeah.
1: Um, and a lot of the labor that goes into planning our sessions. Yes. Um, because... Flight attendants don't get paid until they're actually on the aircraft. I have heard that. Yes. Yes. So it's very much like we do all of this really hardcore planning for, you know, an hour, 90 minutes, two hours of time, but you've probably put in six, eight, nine hours prior.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: But you technically aren't getting paid for that. No. Yeah. And if you did, you know, you would probably calculate like... Our hourly rate, and then we'd be getting paid minimum wage because we've already put in all these hours. Oh,
0: you're so right when you look at it that way. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's just kind of talking about the balance, about that. I couldn't uh, conduct my own research because of ethical reasons and the time constraints. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of pulling from um, the discourse around escorting because there's quite a bit of research on that. Great. And seeing what the parallels are and what's yeah. the differences even there too. And so there
0: were there were studies available to you on emotional labor and like, full, and like and full service and like full service yes. sex work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um cool.
1: there is two studies done on Pro Doms. But they're pretty old now. The last one was two thousand twelve. Okay. And they're all done in San Francisco, New York. Okay. So a very different climate now that especially we have like Sasta Fasta to worry about yeah. and social media, different platforms have changed in almost 10 years. So
0: definitely it was
1: easy to pick and pull from things, but I couldn't really draw complete parallels. So that's kind of hopefully a PhD. (laughs)
0: Yes. And if you, if you were able to conduct studies, like what were, what would the studies ideally you, you would have done to do this thesis?
1: Ideally would have been able to talk to prodoms, which thankfully I know a few.
0: You know a couple. Yeah.
1: Um, and ask, it would probably have been about um, a two-hour interview process,
0: Okay.
1: semi-constructed questions, very basic, at the beginning biography, kind of see if demographics play into the clients, mm-hmm. um, how people define therapy, do they use that word, mm-hmm. I know a lot of protons like to sit, talk about like more ritualistic acts, mm-hmm. more being our like sacred, pro, uh, pro, can't even speak, provider. That's not the word I want, that's fine. Um, And then, because that was kind of the debate within the literature, was that some people, hands down, said that they were therapists, and that BDSM was therapy, but have no formal training in it, so can you really claim such a big word and meaning to people if you don't know how to manage emotions and expectations? Mm -hmm. So... It's kind of an open-ended, and I think I will send my paper to the doms of Toronto and get feedback, but Ooh. that's kind of the basis of it. I would
0: love to read that. Love to. Awesome. Yeah,
1: there's a really... My favorite part is about subspace in it, which Very cool. I think confused my uh, supervisors, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> why? Where, does, where did subspace come in?
1: Subspace um, was linked with the therapeutic aspect of just altered uh, headspaces mm-hmm. and how people use that to manage their own emotions of Mm -hmm. wanting to either, you know, have pain inflicted or have some sort of extreme emotion happen in order to enter a different headspace. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was trying to link it there and there's quite a few links that haven't been fully developed within the literature that I was kind of just like piercing out and like trying to flesh out and make it a bigger conversation to have. Yeah. Uh, the point of the paper wasn't to have direct answers, but more ask these questions and see what directions we could go in.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that was just, your paper is just, like, as enormous as it is. It's still just, like, the tip of the iceberg of this conversation. It is. And it
1: talks a lot about probably the first, like, ten pages very in-depth about my life and Mm -hmm. how I got to this point and what my perspective is.
0: Yeah, because do you come from, so do you come from a philosophy in your domination that, you know, comes from a place of, like, being a sacred practitioner or ritualistic or healer, like, all of those words, personally, yes, for you? I would you. probably go
1: with that more than saying, like, therapy. It's probably more ritualistic. It's mm-hmm. more energy-based.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's more about a uh, an energy exchange than it is, like, a talk therapy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, In my
1: practice, at least. So, I talk about, pretty much, like, from day one, my evolution of sex work, mm-hmm. kind of... Um, Just even what I grew and knew from being, you know, 20 to almost 30 now and just lived experience and how I manage BDSM in my own personal life and if that actually influences me being a professional or not. So Mm -hmm. a lot of those questions being asked
0: there. Yeah, so so did you contribute like, you know, what emotional labor you generally put into this type of work as well?
1: Yeah, in between, uh, the three big chunks that I mentioned, I have probably about, like, a 300-word little, like, antidote about, like, my life, and, Mm -hmm. um, since I couldn't conduct research, I can't really say, like, well, my client did this. It's more kind of a broad statement of, you know, a long-term relationship might look like this, Mm -hmm. or some people have expressed this, and it's just kind of working through of, Painting a picture of what um, the average—there's no average—but the average client might hope to gain from it, right. and how I channel that knowledge if I know it or if I don't know it, and the assumptions I make when entering a scene.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of reasons a client might see a prodom. Right. Absolutely. Yeah this this kind of thought of therapy is definitely one of them. I feel yeah. like like a you know you go to kind of heal a part of yourself, whatever that means for the individual. That for sure can be a reason. Other Mm -hmm. people, you know, it could be just fully a sexual thing. Right. You know?
1: And that's why it was interesting to look at the literature about like escorting.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And seeing how
1: so, because it's actually, they got to do research with the client, so there's a lot of stories from the client's point of view talking about how they were looking for authenticity and looking for something that wasn't transactional, and they used the word like plastic sexuality so something that is fake because plastic is fake yeah but kind of mirrors and resembles the ideal right that's why there's the girlfriend experience yes yes those kind of things and that's why women who know how to market themselves or providers who know how to market themselves based on emotional reasons typically flourish because that's kind of the prime driving force before a
0: client yeah 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Are there what are other kind of reasons that even just like, you know, your paper aside, that you have found in your practice why people might book you as a prodom?
1: Um, curiosity, I think is a lot of it. Just, you know, seen something, read something, heard something. Um, why not go to a professional to try it? And sometimes those are, you know, one time things. Did it done? Um, sometimes it's a thing Like that's, a
0: bucket list like thing. Like a bucket list, yeah. yeah. I've always wanted to. I've always then.
1: wanted a redhead to take me over her knee and that's
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I will happily oblige.
0: <laughs> <laughs> By the way. <laughs>
1: By the way. <laughs> um, or, you know, it could be something that's missing or lacking or is inaccessible. Yeah regardless what that looks like, if it's in a dynamic of a relationship, if it's due to just social circles or stigmas.
0: Yeah, for so, so for some reason in their personal for life, some reason, they don't have access right. to kink play with, you know, a friend or a partner or whatever. Yeah. Right,
1: or don't have the time to maybe forge those relationships within a community.
0: Right, yes. Um, yeah, I think that's a, yeah, that is a big one that I do find as well. Yeah. It's like they, um, yeah, there I have clients that only see pro doms, um, because they don't, they perhaps have a career or a job or they travel a lot or all of those things contributing to the fact that they don't have the time to like do the upkeep and maintenance of a relationship in their personal life. Um, and so that's just the best way to do it. And they have money and they're like, great. I'll, I'll just go get my needs met in this way then. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I know a a lot of my clients kind of treat it as going and getting a massage. It's just a part of healthy upkeep.
0: Yes, To your like psyche and to your, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah. And that's interesting because that's kind of related to like this kind of healing. Yes. uh, This aspect of going to, you know, heal some part of yourself. It's like, it's like going to the gym. It's like going to get a massage. It's like something like that where it's, You're providing a service, you know, either to alleviate stress or, you know, to, um, oh, and another one I'm sure is like the connection aspect of it. Yes. To have, to have somebody pay undivided attention to you for an hour or two hours or whatever it might be. Um, that's so valuable. Oh, absolutely. So valuable, especially today with fucking phones and technology everywhere. No one is really a hundred percent invested in a conversation with you or an interaction with you. Like, it is rare. And it's hard. It's hard.
1: We're all addicted to our phones.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I would say maybe probably kind of rounding it off the last thing that comes to my head is it's it's a form of entertainment. It's like going to see a play or a movie. Yes. It's, you know, it's called play for a reason. We're we're playing. We're opening up that, like, sandbox. And we're getting dirty and we're getting excited. And it's the same thing with being unplugged, too. It's like using a part that we don't use. We don't actively use our imagination unless you're a creator. You might just mm-hmm. be very one-track mind on a day-to-day basis and mm-hmm. being able to open up that box and say, hey. Actually
0: use that part of your brain. Right. What
1: What What does this mean? Or what can we do today? Or I saw this. Let's give it a try, right? Yeah, it's
0: yeah. Experimenting. Yeah. yeah, experimenting, using that imagination, yeah. engaging like a fantasy, and enga- yeah, engaging all those kind of <laughs> quote unquote, childlike things are so natural to us in play, you know, when you're younger, right? As adults, it's very important as well. Very valuable too. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. (laughs) The other huge chunk to your thesis, you're saying it talks about masculinity and like performative masculinity, kind of the script of masculinity, essentially. Yeah, I talk
1: about sexual scripts kind of broadly because, I mean, regardless of gender orientation, we kind of, you know, we're taught or naturally slot ourselves kind of. Yes. in directions. Yeah. And it's talking about just how, you know, and it, it does link directly with emotional labor that normally the woman does take on that emotional aspect.
0: Yeah, right. You know,
1: um, regardless of what that is in a day-to-day relationship, it happens even on our job. And I think being able to acknowledge it is really important because knowing how you express your emotional labor is empowering and I think helps especially for me not to burn out because right. I know okay especially if you get to know clients too being like I know if I see this person tomorrow I'm gonna have to take the next day off because we have a great time but it burns me out right or there's a lot of planning that goes into this or you know if it's a really safety heavy or, or impact heavy or something scene I might just be really on edge because things could go wrong but then once that energy kind of leaves your body you're like okay
0: yeah 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 it just demands a lot from you either your attention or yeah pre-planning or just that feeling of being really on that you have to be really on
1: yeah 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 and I think pretty much any woman female identified person can understand yeah Yeah, yeah, if you have kids you know it's managing a schedule if you have a husband or a partner it's you know groceries have to get done or you know making someone phone the doctor is, like, emotional labor sometimes. <sighs>
0: yeah, it's, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Right? So it's kind of, like, different... It's it's the same feeling channeled in different ways.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Right. There's a, a good book I just actually picked up, so I don't know if it's amazing yet, but uh, it's called Fed Up, mm-hmm. and it talks about emotional labor, and there's a chunk in it about sex work, nice. and it's... Uh, the premise basically was a, this woman for Mother's Day wanted to hire a cleaner, but she wanted her husband to do the leg work. She didn't really care about getting her house clean. She just wanted him to take on the, the exercise of finding the right person, making the schedule, getting her in. Nice. He admitted it was too hard to clean the house for Mother's Day. Oh, okay. And she had to point out that... This isn't really what I wanted. The clean house was the goal, but I needed you to do the journey for it to be my gift kind of thing.
0: Right.
1: So, and I think that's really amazing because you don't think about that. You sometimes ask things of people not realizing the steps and energy it actually takes because a lot of us just do it. Yes. We just have to do it. And especially
0: females. Right. Yes. We're just cultured that way to not rock the boat and do it ourselves and, oh, don't bother him. Right. You know, because he's had a hard day at work. Like all those stereotypes and archetypes that Absolutely. were just like cultured, you know, just to do. Yeah. Just to do yeah. that will do all the work because you need to relax. And we don't whatever think about it a lot reason. of the
1: times, right? You don't, you don't think about it. You go, okay, I need to hire a cleaner. Okay, great. So I'm home Wednesdays, Tuesdays, but not Fridays. Okay. What is her schedule like, like this back and forth. And by the end of the day, you've spent maybe five, six hours coordinating something. Yeah. Yes. You get your house clean. You get the service. But there's a lot of that back and forth that is
0: draining. And same thing. And I, same I, thing. Sec, like, like with sex work. Sex that, work, right. That's most of it. If you're an independent provider where you don't have somebody else or a house or something doing all your admin work. Yeah. That's most of the job. Absolutely. All this goddamn back and forth that, yeah. that again, we're not getting paid for. Right. Yeah. And,
1: and that's what was a huge point And that's why I really want to kind of push that home of just like, you know, a lot of people on the outside be like, "Oh, well, you know, you only work three hours a day," mm-hmm. or you know, like you just have to roll out of bed and go to your session. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm I'm on my laptop, I'm on my phone, I'm answering emails, I'm you know making spreadsheets, I'm filing this, I'm like managing my booking, I'm managing doing all my your, money. Yeah, it's like
0: doing all your promoting stuff everything. as well. It's yeah. like, yes. Yeah. no, it's a f- the, most, a, full-time full-time job. Job. the yeah. most full-time job. The most full-time job. Even just the admin part of it. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: like, yeah, that's the the least amount of work is doing the session. That's like... That's the great the, part. That's the That's great the part. fun part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. you know what? And that, that is interesting that you're bringing up, um, because, uh, you know, I, I think what people might think of Mill people, um booking a pro dom is like oh they're doing it to kind of subvert the script okay yeah but they're not really because we're still doing all the work
1: absolutely
0: just because the they're we're flipping the script like on the power dynamic or what have you yeah we're still the ones doing this is okay this is the thing when uh bumble came out (laughs) yes okay so bumble is the dating platform where uh, the female has to contact first. Correct. Yes. Okay. And a lot of people were like, oh, great. This is fantastic. <laughs> and it's like, dude, this is just giving the guys another, another excuse to not do anything.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Like, uh, like we're again, yet again, it's like, oh, the feminist platform. <laughs> it's like, ugh. we're, it's, it's the same. It is the same script. Yeah. Where we're doing all the emotional labor.
1: Well, here here's a question, because I thought about this when writing my paper. A lot of providers mm-hmm. don't like receiving scripts or being micromanaged.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, in this conversation, realistically, you would think that might then alleviate some of this extra emotional labor planning. But yet, we're kind of averse to it. So, it, it's kind mm-hmm. of... It, it's paradoxical in a way that... That if is If someone imposes too much of an idea... We kind of go, oh, well, it's, you know, I'm the dong, I'm going to frame this, kind of this attitude, but yet, a lot of us get tired of doing it, yeah. so it's, it, it's We're interesting. We're like, just let me
0: do my own thing. It's very
1: yeah. interesting, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like, don't tell me to wear a certain thing. I do,
1: I do love a good script, though.
0: Yeah, do. yeah, do you I get really scripts? Do.
1: Not often, but when I do, I love them. Yeah. Especially when there's like the enthusiasm. If it's if it's word by word, you have to follow it for the next ninety minutes.
0: Okay, that's not, not that's there. too much. Not yeah, there.
1: but if it's like this they kind give of, an
0: elaborate narrative. Yeah, or this, story like abstract
1: of backstory
0: or, or, back you know, or, or yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I'm into the two yeah. exactly. So. If, it, if
1: it's like by some point, you know. This is ripped off my body, or you say this. That's that's easy enough to kind of twig. Being like, okay,
0: okay, we've got these four beats we need to yes. hit in the scene, essentially, yeah. and the rest of that I could kind of just play. But You yeah. love it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Then 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 that's great. Yeah, a <laughs> half hour in, I'll make sure to do that. You know, another half hour goes by, make sure to do yeah. that thing. Yeah.
1: I've definitely overplanned a few role plays and and have yeah. had people in character tell me it's too much, which is actually <laughs> hilarious. Um. And I appreciate it. The, the last uh, like Poison Ivy Batman roleplay I did. I'm a huge Poison Ivy fan. So I had this really elaborate narrative.
0: Oh my god.
1: And honestly, bless this client cuz we're about 20 minutes in and Batman says to me, "Um, I do believe Ivy has read one too many comics. Should we re- return to the beginning?" And I was like, I believe we shall.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I don't Maybe. know where
1: these captives are, but I can tell you that you are coming up with a wicked plan and I don't like it. Ah, yes, my wicked plan.
0: <laughs> so, it, yeah. I, yeah. And isn't that great? It is. It is not that fantastic? In role two. I, I love it.
1: I don't want to kill your buzz, no. but...
0: Yeah, I don't want to break the scene. I don't no. want to break no. the role play. <laughs> However, let's Not simplify. following
1: directions, yep. <laughs> simplify
0: this a bit. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'm crying. <Yeah>. Excuse me. <laughs> Take off my glasses and wipe my tears. Okay, so you said... Okay, what was the other big chunk of... Um, of your paper? So emotional
1: labor, yeah. sexual scripts,
0: sexual scripts, yeah, and
1: then therapeutic relations. Okay,
0: so therapeutic relations. So you're saying uh, a lot of people really do actually self-identify as therapists, like in the sex work industry.
1: Oh, they're lot like, of, yeah, a it's lot therapy. Of the doms from the two main studies I used, I'd say probably about seventy percent use the word therapy or therapist or therapeutic within Mm -hmm. their interviews when discussing.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, therapeutic. See, I would, I I would use that word too. Right. Yeah.
1: And then it was just kind of, um, mostly because she kind of whittled everything down into a, a book. You kind of lose a little bit of the nuance of maybe what their responses were, but a lot of it is saying, like, you know, a lot of these people come and express problems. Right. And through play, I hope I've solved or alleviated or given nuance to
0: but or, or given you some tools or given you some tools in some way yeah yeah
1: but then the question was raised of how many of us are actually trained as therapists
0: <laughs> very little I'm very sure. little yeah
1: i mean there's a lot of us that probably have backgrounds of you know either social work or things that we can maybe utilize but you're not wearing that hat necessarily yeah when you're in session yeah I know there's some people that offer counseling sessions as doms, and that's maybe a thing.
0: Interesting.
1: I I think it's a dangerous road, and I I even kind of put in there, when they asked for my opinion, that I didn't really know how to answer that, because I'm not going to gatekeep you if that's how you want to identify your practice. I think there's just self-awareness of promoting that. Yeah. Right? Because some people really do need to have a dom and a therapist.
0: Yes, definitely. Just yeah, like and we're not can... Yeah, you're not we're not just a replacement for therapy. Exactly. Like no no, keep seeing your yeah. therapist. Yeah, like you like can because... see your
1: natural path yeah. and go see your doctor.
0: Yes, certainly. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, when I say therapeutic, I mean like what I can provide can be a part of, you know, your general self-care. Yes. A part of it.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: not Not the entire thing. Yeah. You know, so keep seeing your therapist, keep going to the gym, keep, you know, yeah. all, all of these things, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that it can be kind of a part of uh, creating, you know, this wholeness in somebody's life, right?
1: Yeah. It's a piece of the puzzle of, you know, their self-growth,
0: right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Right. But, yeah, to say that I'm a therapist, <laughs> I mean, I, c- I can do a great therapy role play. Oh, absolutely. Uh, don't get me wrong, yeah. but, <laughs> yeah, and, and what do you think we should be doing to, um, to make that clear or to, you know, in a, maybe in our marketing or, like, you know, even just on our websites, what should we be careful to put to make that delineation, like, between like, this is not, I'm not a therapist. I mean, I'm not sure. However, if, I consider, you know, it to be a part of therapy, perhaps. Right. Like, you know.
1: And I and I think it happens a lot more so, at least for me in session, than it does on advertising. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's anywhere that I've explicitly ever used that language. Okay, okay. But I have then formed relationships with people who have parroted that back to me of like, oh, this feels like therapy, or, uh. and then you have to kind of lay the boundaries and be like, well, I'm really glad that you're getting something from this, but especially if it's something that is trauma-related or is detrimental to the individual, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not well-equipped for that.
0: Yeah, and you have to know, yeah, then this person has to know that, you know, yes, I will help you in in my wheelhouse, Yes, you know, in this very specific context, you know, I can do X, Y, Z, however, A, B,
1: C is done... Elsewhere. Th- elsewhere.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, yeah, you're you're very right. Whenever you get into something that is, like, trauma-related or whatnot, it's like, whoa, 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 oh, let's make this clear that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. it can be a part of the pizza, a, a slice of the pizza, but yes. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and um, the, the final thing that I do remember uh, from that narrative that I kind of was working through was that by... Uh, some people, especially the scholars, suggested to the sex workers, because as soon as scholars... they love you know, to do that. They love it. Um, that if we did want to use this therapy framework... Right. We should get regulated like therapists.
0: Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that, that was also kind of my main thing of like, okay, great, please go and market yourself and get the tools to make whatever you think is great for yourself, but... If people are starting to throw around the term regulation, I get a little bit nervous.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And that was kind of hard even to do in my paper because as I was working with academics, both my supervisors were like, that sounds brilliant. Mm -hmm. Would you not want to get a license or a certificate or something that you can promote and be legal? Yeah, quote unquote legal. Quote unquote legal. And I mean, once again, I would probably say that's down to the individual. But from as far as I know, that's not a direction that our communities.
0: And and why? For. Just for just for people that may not be aware. Why do you feel that way?
1: With regulation comes a lot of, of gatekeeping, unfortunately, through the government. Um it could potentially block people who have records from being able to do sex work because right. that would be a red flag. Or, you know, having to disclose really personal information which could put them in danger. Yeah. Um You know, I I, I understand why people think that way. It's a really good solution when you just say it aloud of like, oh, regulation, great, cool. But when you live it day to day and you know you...
0: And, and another, sorry, no, sorry of to course. cut you off, yes, what, what just came to my mind, yeah. the accessibility of being a sex worker. Yes. Right? Because a lot of people do choose sex work because, for whatever reason, they can't be at a 9 to 5, yes. Monday to Friday, right? Yeah. So if, you know, getting regulated is going to uh, cost more money, for example, right. yeah, to become absolutely. a sex worker, yeah. um, you know, and make certain demands of you a big part of our community are people that, for whatever reason, again, have, have chosen to do this type of work because you have your own hours, because you don't need certain certificates, you don't need certain schooling, um, you know, and it's valuable to them in that way. So I think that would, yeah, for, for me, I'm like, That would make, that would make sex work, which is the only accessible job for a lot of people, inaccessible.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And kind, and uh, another reason that popped up that is even off the being track of that is that there's the question of would BDSM providers lose clientele if it didn't hold the same taboo status?
0: Oh yeah. There's that too. Yes. Of
1: just... You know, there there's something really appealing and alluring of doing something. Kind of seems a little risque, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If you could just open let's to say open a phone book. We don't open
0: phone books. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you could just open the. If you phone could just book. open
1: the phone book. No, if you could just <laughs> Google like, you know, a directory that like your mom would send you or pass along. Like the, the excitement might be gone. It might mm-hmm. fall into this very like blase kind
0: of job. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, the whole yeah, like people want to feel safe, um you know, up to a point. But it's also got to feel a little bad, oh, a little naughty, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's part of what we're saying about <laughs> exactly. It's all about the taboo. <laughs> all right, I think that's a great point to head into our break, and then for the second half of our of our episode two hundred. We have a bunch of questions from Twitter Sphere, from the interwebs. So, we're going to ask those of my lovely guest, Pro Dominatrix Lady Delphine, when we get back. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations, and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators lovecrafters toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles unicorn horns mermaid tails and more their high quality silicone is hand poured right here in toronto check out their etsy shop at lovecrafters toys ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm here with my fantastic episode 200 guest, Lady Delphine.
1: Hello, hello. (laughs) Hello.
0: And what we wanted to mention um, is that, you know, you are returning on the pod. Uh, So we just wanted to point out episode 165 was the last time you were here. So that was, um, I think I was like doming for like a month.
1: Yeah, you had just start it.
0: Yeah, so yeah. it's a really fun conversation, actually, to re-listen to. I actually just did exactly that, because I wanted to make sure we weren't doing the exact same episode. Right, yeah. Um, and it's very funny to, to hear. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm to like, oh, baby lady, baby lady <laughs> Pim is on episode 65, 165, pardon me. If you want to uh, go back and listen to... You know we talked origin story we did, yeah. um we it was a good episode
1: i just remember i was trying to do like a y x access conversation oh my and it god wasn't you were origin. you were you did i was like power
0: <laughs> power so picture a graph yes. i'm like you lost me yes. <laughs> And then one other thing that, oh, oh Lady Delphine was so gracious to to remind me, I didn't plug my Patreon off of the top of this episode like I usually do, so I'm going to do it right now, <laughs> just mid-episode. Everyone, patreon.com slash thebedpostshow if you want to donate. I have three tiers. Uh, the first tier is one episode, one private mini-episode it's me talking for a half hour about my pro dom life and also about my my saucy polyamory life so first tier you can get one a month second tier you can get two a month and then the third tier you can get both of those things also audio erotica stories which i've written and i read to you and then also uh amazing fetish content which is like uh, photo sets and also uh, videos and I've got some really great videos happening right now. I have sought I've, saw, I've uh, shot some really professional content with Casey Bolin um, I'm doing I have a new video coming out from Oasis with uh, our lovely Jason Jones from grown erotica He's shot it so lots of fun things coming up on the patreon So if you want to throw me a couple bucks if you've been listening to the past the, the podcast for the past four-plus years at episode 200, you know, you throw me a couple bucks at this point.
1: <laughs> Tip your providers. <laughs>
0: right. Patreon.com slash The Bedpost Show. And I thank you, Lady Delphine, for nice. reminding me to do that. So, okay. We're going to do this second half where we're taking some lovely questions from the... Uh, from the listeners, essentially. So our first one, uh, I thought this would be a nice place to start. What was your very first session like?
1: My very first session was a duo with Lady Azelle. Yes! It was a three-hour medical. Wow. Um, <laughs> you
0: just jumping right <laughs> absolutely. in. Absolutely.
1: And it was really early in the morning. I think it was like 8.30 or something. Oh, shit. Um, it, was, it was fun. Um, I got to play... Very aptly, the role of the new and learning nurse.
0: <laughs> That's so good. That's so good.
1: Um, with our really amazing uh, germ phobic patient. <laughs> and it was really intense and wonderful. I got to do a lot of running and preparing enemas and, oh. you know, prepping the patient.
0: <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> Nursely duties.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I take those very seriously. And I'm trying to think. We did, we did some sounding, um, yeah. which was really cool. And I worked really closely with Lady Iselle for a while to learn sounding, because I was really fascinated by it. Yeah,
0: sounding's very, very cool. I love it. So
1: that was kind of the stepping stone. And I got to just learn a lot of new things that day. I got to try out things that I kind of knew, and we worked... We learned we worked really well together. It was fantastic.
0: Awesome! So That's the- amazing. Eight thirty a.m. Three hours of med fit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ma- accidental matching like costumes. So serendipitous. It was great.
0: <laughs> that is such a good first session. Wow. You're probably. What were you thinking after? Where you're like, this is my life now.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what an amazing life it is. All right, we've got. Okay, so this is this is one about you being a, a wee, uh, just <laughs> just under five foot person. Yes, <laughs> just shy of five feet.
1: <laughs> but I like to say five feet. It's a nice number, yeah, not just my up. my foot size. You so. can round five
0: up. and five. <laughs> oh, nice five. Oh, tiny feet too. Tiny, my God. Yeah. So this question is about that. It says how it says has your small stature ever gotten in the way during a session? Likewise, have it, has it ever been advantageous?
1: It definitely can get in the way when trying to put really tall people's hands on the cross.
0: Yeah, or like anchored to the ceiling. Or anchored something.
1: Uh, I do, there is a step stool. I do use it. um, Or I plan around not having to stretch. Um, I wear a lot of high heels, so sometimes that does help. But normally anchoring to high places...
0: Is the issue. Is the issue. Yeah, I would love to have a step stool. Because I'm not that tall either. I'm like... I'm shy of five, four. Right. So if I'm barefoot at the time or whatever, yeah. um, I'm, I'm like doing perilous, like I'm standing on the bondage chair or I'm standing on like, you know, yeah. some weird, like the queening chair. Yes. I'm like standing <laughs> on that, to like try to anchor the same thing, like a ceiling anchor or the top two on the, um, on the cross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. difficult to reach you. So has, has it ever come in handy? at at some point. I
1: think it comes in handy, especially for, like, trampling and stuff. Trampling, I don't have... I don't worry as much about size and weight in that regard. Um...
0: Yeah.
1: I'm super, like, bendy, so we have a bondage bed that has a bar on the top of it, which is cumbersome for a lot of people if you, like, need to sit on it or anything, so I fit really well within the equipment.
0: (laughs) My other issue is, like, okay, so right now, actually... The um, ritual chamber is renoing one of our rooms, so we will have a lower bondage bed soon. But for now, we don't. We've got like the cage, yes, and it's high. It is, yeah. So even to like to do much on top of that cage, like for instance, pegging, like yeah. I've got to be standing on. I've got to like MacGyver.
1: Oh, I stand something on for like me a, to stand on. A tiny something. little wooden stool. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, the amount it's of times risky. that I like have to keep. It's, it's like, adjusting. I tuck the stool as I'm thrusting. It's, it's a full body work.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot you there's gotta a, There's attention. a lot going on. Yeah, totally. It's like,
1: okay, there's lube on the floor. Don't slip when you put your foot down. Yeah,
0: okay. off of this, off stepping, of this stool, stepping stool. Yeah. This like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh my God. So I hear you. And I'm very excited to get that bondage bed. Cause I I'm know. like, finally a lower surface.
1: Yes. Fantastic. smaller humans. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. This is a great question. Do you have a pre-session ritual? I kind of do. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? So, yeah, even day of. Day so of. So, you've got a session in a couple hours. What are you doing?
1: Probably, if I'm, yeah, if it's in the afternoon or something, I'm at home. Sounds lame. FaceTime my mother every day. Oh, really? Oh, religiously. Religiously. Nice. Um. Coffee. hmm Breakfast big breakfast person if I'm doing something that I know is going to be really physically demanding yoga or stretching
0: oh yeah good for you yeah that's very I have a
1: bad hip and I pull that at work all the time
0: and thrusting is hard thrusting
1: is hard um and then once I'm actually at the studio I blast whatever musical is on my mind at that moment right (laughs) now it's the beetlejuice Musical. Oh, nice! So Beetlejuice
0: <laughs> musical. Oh my god, that's funny. Well, what I mean, what other musicals might might it be? What, might
1: what are you be? blasting? Um, in the dungeon? Hades Town, Hamilton, Phantom of the Opera. Wow. Um, ah. When I'm feeling really saucy, it's Cabaret. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> so saucy. Little
1: mine hair before they they retire.
0: Yeah, real common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, welcome. Uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, oh, yes. Uh, and then it, the second part of this question is, and then what do you do for aftercare for yourself to stop top drop?
1: I probably put music back on and I dance. Yeah. I You do? I, I have to dance after a session. Yeah? Yeah. And what it's does like, that do it's for, like, for you? It's like the door locks, the heels come off, and I'm like doing a jig of some sort.
0: Oh, yes. What does that do for you? Like... Why do you do that? I feel
1: like it's a really constructive way for me to channel whatever energy just left the door, whether I was super excited or if it was like stressful or strenuous or whatever. And I just, I feed it back into myself and I make it positive or I channel or whatever I need to do. And then I clean up. Cleaning is really cathartic. I like cleaning the space. I I like putting it back.
0: Um, I love love dancing. I love that. Yeah. 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 If I
1: brought food. A snack.
0: For sure. Yeah. Essential. Yeah. Essential. Yeah. I love that. So, uh, what type of music might you put on to dance? Is it right back to <laughs> Hamilton it might, it might, or, it might be or right I...
1: back to that? Uh, <laughs> you know, right now, like, since it's Beetlejuice, it's like the one song is called, like, the whole being dead thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I just. <laughs> If you're ever early, you probably hear me singing.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny. And yeah. then, yeah, okay, snack, what type of thing might you eat, for example? Do you bring a granola bar or something, like...
1: Bring, yeah, like, um, dried apricots are my thing. Oh
0: my <laughs> I, <laughs>
1: I think we're secretly coming to terms that I'm 90 <laughs> podcast. I love um, it, I love it. I, if, if the weather's good, I walk part of my oh,
0: journey. I, I do that too. I yeah. don't have to, but I do. Yeah, I do, after yeah. I always walk. I never get like right on a bus. No. I never want to do that. Yeah. yeah Go I'll, for
1: a walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I've missed any phone calls for the day that I need to like pick up on, I'll do that. I have a few friends that I kind of debrief with sometimes. Like if I know I'm going to have a really big session. I have what a couple people I can call afterwards and talk it through because sometimes I need to just talk it through, especially yeah. if you can't maybe read the energy when your client left.
0: Yeah. And you can always like, and you can't, you know, you do like for myself anyways, yeah. you know, I ask, you know, uh, did we hit that about right? right? You know, how are you feeling? What were your favorite parts? So we talk a bit, so, but some people after aren't very forthcoming. So sometimes, yes. yeah, they do leave. And you aren't 100%, per-
1: 100% sure,
0: yeah. 100% sure yeah. that you did everything fantastically that yeah. day to, for that particular person. Right. Yeah, so there's some unknown there.
1: Yeah, and it might take them a few days to email, or they might not ever get back to you. And if you can't kind of talk that out, whether if it's with a person or journaling or whatnot,
0: yeah, just it, to- can,
1: it can sit sometimes with you of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well... I felt okay about that, and they said they were fine, but then all of a sudden the mood changed, and maybe they were just tired, and then, like, you have to, like, rationalize it, and you don't always get a direct answer.
0: Yeah, and that's important, I think, because for your own, just for your own knowledge to know that a lot of times it isn't you. Right. You know, and, and you know, sometimes... You just can't nail it every single time and that doesn't mean you're a bad Dom. That doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing, you're not good at what you do. You know? So just to reinforce to yourself, it's like, no no no, I did everything that I could have. Right. And it and you know, maybe they still weren't over the moon about it. Well then that's kind of out of my control. I did a good job in that scene, and I, you know, I did as much as I could, and that's all you can do. Or
1: maybe they're just exhausted, and sitting and talking is the last thing they want to do, because they're dead, they're beat, they're tired.
0: That's very true. They need to
1: process. Yeah,
0: that's very true. For their aftercare. For their aftercare, Maybe they don't want to have a chat about the session yet, or at all, perhaps. Maybe that's not how they do it, so... And that I could mean, be the reason. Maybe they had a fantastic session, but they just, uh, don't, you know, aren't capable or don't feel like talking about it right after.
1: And I've had a few people express, um, that kind of once they're putting their shoes back on, the like shame and stigma kind oh, of hits them of, of like, yeah. I need to go back out in public and I don't really know how to, you know, maybe handle this right now. Or then yeah. it's like, or maybe you look at the clock and it's, oh, I have to go to a meeting and you have to just change gears. That, that those gears right there.
0: And that's difficult,
1: and we're not always privy to that, right? Yeah, you we, don't
0: know where we don't know where you're going. We don't know. You after. could pick up
1: your phone, see a message you don't like, and you need to get out the door, right? So yeah, million in one ways, but
0: Typa-
1: yeah. yeah, typically food dancing, food dancing, food dancing,
0: dried apricots, dried apricots uh, Hamilton the musical, and yeah. calling your friend. And a
1: calling <laughs> friend, petting a dog if I see it on the way. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs>
0: I love that. That's so good. (laughs) All right. Um, Oh, this is a really good question. Okay. How do you know that they're hurting in a good way versus in a bad way?
1: Well, I feel like the really simple answer to that is ask them. (laughs) Ask them. But. Body language. If you have a rapport with them, you might know what sounds and words do mean what or or not. Um, Really, for me, it's really just checking in. Like a a really huge thing is like, "Ooh, that that sounded like that." Stung a lot. Are are we cool? Yes. Do
0: you want another? Do you want another? Yeah. Yes or no. If they say no, you're like, "Okay, that (laughs) was a bit too much for them." Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, And I mean, even. facial features sometimes, like, you know, you scrunch up in pain, and maybe they don't want to articulate that, but you kind of bring it down, and they might just be like, oh, you can keep going,
0: or like, oh, okay. harder,
1: please, or and you're like, oh, okay, cool, mm-hmm,
0: cool, mm-hmm.
1: or you might even just play with that kind of variation of sensation of being like, oh, okay, that got a, a Yelp, and then you dial it back, and then you get the Yelp again, and that could be part of the play.
0: Right? Definitely, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Because it's good to it's good to push people's boundaries a bit.
1: Absolutely, yeah, know?
0: yeah, yeah. And that that a lot of times is what a sub is looking for. You know, intensity to be overwhelmed, to be pushed a bit. You know, yeah, somewhere where they wouldn't go in their personal play, perhaps. You know. And- So it's that fine line of pushing them a bit, but not too much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's a dance and it's communication. It's being very, very watchful and on and all those things we talked about with emotional labor. You got to be paying attention to 90 things. And
1: never taking it personal if all of a sudden the stop comes or the like, that's too much. Or the yellow. The yellow or. Yeah. And I mean that some people do like playing, knowing that they want to say like their safe word.
0: Yeah, that's so, a whole, yeah, yeah. It's, like, not the real safe word, but it's the game safe yes, word. Like, yeah. push me until I say red. However, this is the real safe word if I really need this yes, to stop. Yeah. But we like, want to get game, me to say
1: this word.
0: But that's not technically a safe word. Exactly. That's just the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Or
1: using red as, like, their yellow exactly things, right?
0: exactly and that is so nuanced yeah when and it is yeah and... when when people say you know when I hear around or on social media or whatever like the play to red yeah. thing I'm like it's very it's um let's be specific about what we're talking about Completely here
1: situational too
0: you're not put you're not playing to the point where the person is getting harmed and then stopping right that's not, that's not the what it, that game is about yeah yeah exactly. Okay. How do you maintain strong boundaries and limits within session as a pro
1: In the initial negotiation, I'm pretty blunt about what I do and don't do. Great. Um, I have no qualms about saying the services I don't provide. Yeah. Mostly because if this doesn't work for you, I'm more than happy to point you a different direction. Um, I don't really talk about my personal relationships a lot, but if that ever does come up, I'm truthful with people, I don't lie or make a facade. Yeah,
0: no, me Um, Me neither,
1: yeah. I'm not looking for a relationship, and I'm very blunt about that, like, I'm okay with us building a rapport, maybe becoming friendly, Mm -hmm. but my time is still compensated.
0: Of course, That's
1: what we're here for. So that's,
0: that's a huge boundary to have. That's a huge boundary. Great.
1: And I think that kind of, you know, flexes and gives with a lot of people, you know, there's some people that I would happily go have coffee with before a session. And there's some that I need to have really strict boundaries because we've met obstacles before, mm-hmm. or we've met emotional barriers that we've both had to take time away from and vice versa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so for me, at least I have to communicate bluntly. Um, cause I know not always people can give that in return.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have to just,
0: you're, you you got to be the one. Just have to be. Yeah. And that's a great point you just brought it's up. It's yeah, it is hard. It it's, is hard again is. with the emotional labor. It's it's hard to have to say assert, no. Yeah, or, say no, and yeah. assert your boundaries, and then deal with the uh, fallout from that potentially, and, and like all that work to diffuse, you know, the situation, and yeah. you know, put on that that professional face of like, no problem, let's do this thing now, Right or whatever, yeah. you know, like, and not feeling
1: ashamed to do
0: it in that customer service way. Service you know, with, it's like
1: service with a smile. Oh, yeah, right? yeah,
0: um, yeah.
1: And not ever taking offense or getting guilty if they use the lines of "so and so does this" or yes. "I've heard someone does this." Fantastic, great, <laughs> amazing. Um,
0: Has nothing to do with me.
1: <laughs> I've done many times. Been like, okay, well, if you really enjoyed this experience with this person, we could always duo together. Hey, there we go. Um, or you know, maybe we could. Toe that line of role play and make it feel whatever way you want it to feel, but that interaction maybe doesn't happen. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, we just have to maybe dissolve our relationship. Yeah.
0: And... Maybe I'm not the girl then. I'm not the girl. Yeah. I I know lots of girls, though.
1: Tons. And they're great. And they're
0: fantastic. Yeah. And then the other thing you brought up was, like, you kind of have to navigate... Uh, on a case-by-case basis, yes. how how much you have to assert your boundaries, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. some people, as you said, say are regular that you're, you know, you never have issues with yeah. and you can be a little, like, friendlier with, you know. Yeah, the
1: person that I've seen weekly for three years if he ha- has a he, he, completely different relationship with me than the person I've seen once in the three years. And is
0: already emailing you constantly. Exactly. Huge narratives. Yes. That you have to be like, whoa, okay, I yeah. have to set a boundary like a clear a very, a very clear, clear boundary. boundary whereas with somebody else it's like okay no I can yeah I can trust you enough because I know you or whatever
1: I know that I know you enough interacting with this email will not waste my time
0: yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you just got to judge it judge it as you get them essentially
1: as you get them and on you know how you're feeling emotionally or physically that day too sometimes you can't engage
0: totally Oh.
1: You know, you might have a, a a routine with a person, and one day you just can't function that way. Yeah, and you need to step back. Yeah, and you need to.
0: And I think that's understand. an yeah, and I think that's an important conversation as well. That was like you know, tops and doms. You know, we can safe word out of a situation.
1: Absolutely. You know, we can yeah.
0: we can we have boundaries and limits just like a sub does and we play within ours as well. And what so, we did
1: last session may not work well this session. Like yeah. you know, I as much as I like to provide and I am there for a service, maybe my comfort level has changed and we need to then renegotiate that.
0: Totally. Yeah, it's yeah. an ongoing conversation. Just like it is, just like through a session, we're constantly monitoring you to make sure you know, yeah, we talked about it beforehand, but how's it playing out right now? Right. You know, it's an ongoing thing. So in the same way, it's like, we have to be de- doing those same check-ins with ourselves. And ideally the sub is also like understanding that concept,
1: Hopefully. you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: as well. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's a constant thing that's going on, right? For sure. All right. So we've got Another lovely one here since you brought up duos. <laughs> the question is, do you do duos? Which you obviously I do. do. Yes. <laughs> if so, who is your favorite person to work with? Let's shout out another Dom right now.
1: I don't know if I oh, I don't know if I can pick just one that's hard. Um, <laughs>
0: what are some Doms that you love working with? Let's start there.
1: I will give her a reason why because we have very different personalities. Um I love duoing with Lady Isel First and foremost, the stature difference. I love just the energy in the room, um, because her with her heels on, she's, I don't know, six three, wow. six four. Wow, yes. Uh, what's blonde now has dark hair, but still there's that huge contrast. Yeah. Um, and we have very different energies. I can be a lot more sadistic in some cases, so it's kind of funny to think a lot of people try and play to me thinking I'm really sweet.
0: Yeah. Just because of your they, look?
1: Because of my look. Yeah. Especially if they've never met me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's like, oh, yes, I'm bringing in Lady Delphine, she'll be joining us. A lot of time people will plead with me to try and get <laughs> her like... to do something less, yeah, and then no, I end up being no, no, the no. worser of two evils. <laughs> so that's really entertaining. Love it. Really Love entertaining. It.
0: Love it. Um, so, Azel, okay.
1: Azel. Um, Miss Ava Rose. Yeah. Um, we've done quite a few really fun things. She's. Really peppy, and a powerhouse to work with. Nice. Um, so that's a really good vibe. Um, Violet Maze, Mistress Violet Maze. Yes. That's just a whole different world of energy that I happily will enter anytime I'm invited. Amazing. And then recently, I just did a duo with Mistress uh, Lilith Hayes.
0: Very nice. Which yes. is fun. A former, uh, a former ritual, ritual chamber. chamber. Yes. Dom. Yes. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So those
1: probably are the four that I've interacted with the most frequently and mm-hmm. I think have the best energies to vibe with, mm-hmm. um, but I love a duo. I do love a duo. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you ever duo with full service providers where you kind of have a, have a, a, a few pro few dom times. and then a full service? Yeah. Yes, a few yeah. times.
1: Not as much as I would enjoy doing. Yes. It.
0: But yeah, a few, <laughs> a few times,
1: and, and it's, that's a fun dynamic. Me
0: too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that opens up like so much. Basically, oh absolutely! I was like so pleased because I was like, oh god, we can do uh, literally anything. <laughs> yeah, so so many more things yes. now. Like I'm like, how can we spit roast this guy? Yeah, uh, without using his dick at all. <laughs> yeah. So like, how can we have him in the middle servicing both of us? You know. Her in a full service way, me in a fully clothed way. So yeah. I'm like, okay, so I'm here. Like, there were just, I was like, the possibilities. We like purchased a gag oh. that was like, so a gag and then it had a big dildo coming out Perfect. from it. So I was like, oh, yes. <laughs>
1: like, I love it. Was she riding faces?
0: (laughs) She sure was. (laughs) was. While I was doing the pegging on the other end, it was like, oh, this is just so fun. (laughs) Yeah. And then fluids. I was like, oh, we could do fluid cocktails, like. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Like, like, yeah, like squirting fluid cocktails. I'm like, I don't have to just use pee. I can, <laughs> I to... can make a little <laughs> mixture. You know, I got a full service gal here little, with me. I was like, this is fun. A little,
1: oh. you know, dash of one thing a little, and a spit of the other. Oh, and... yes. <laughs> exactly. So.
0: oh my God. Ugh. Yeah, for me, duos, I'm like, oh, they're so awesome because... It's like you know it's another brain in the room. So and it's another like creative input into the room like and I feel like you know I'm I'm almost actually at a year doing this now oh, but wow. ongoing learning yeah. always learning yes always wanting to see other people's styles and being like, oh my god. Even in in the ritual chamber, I'm like, oh my god, I never thought of using that like that. Right. Like, stuff like yeah. that, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm just, like, getting so many ideas from you right now, and I fucking love it.
1: And a lot of things do function better with another set of hands. True. Right? There's just certain things that just flow a lot easier, and you can kind of keep it more fluid mm-hmm. when there's extra people, and...
0: Yeah, great. while you're yeah you you can be prepping a thing, and it's like great. Okay, the other the other dom can be doing yeah. their little duo, their little scene, like one on one scene with them while I'm doing getting ready for this other part or whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah, you, just like uninterrupted play essentially because there's two right. of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good.
1: <laughs> and then you kind of do the like I check in with the other dom of like, are you thinking
0: what I'm thinking? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. There's... Oh no, you have a better idea. Uh-huh. Oh god. You see it... them
1: pick up something, and you're like. Oh, where are you going with this? Okay.
0: I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So, so Lady (laughs) Delphine, unfortunately, we're getting to our end of the episode. Um, I'd love to ask you a question that's just, you know, kind of an open, uh, open ended question. If you wanted, if you wanted people to know one thing about you you know, that they don't already know. Oh, goodness. As Lady Delphine the pro-dominatrix? <laughs> if you wanted people to know one thing about you...
1: One thing. What um, would it be? That, that's hard. I feel like I, I put so much out there. Um,
0: <laughs> you, you truly I have. Ju- <laughs> you truly have.
1: So the, the way to my heart is dried apricots. <laughs> um, yeah. Knowledge on emotional labor. I will... Start posting links to things I will quiz you on later in life. Yes. Um, send me some fun scripts. Yeah, yeah. And don't be shy. That, that's that's all I, I have to say.
0: <laughs> Amazing. I love it. So where can we follow you to uh, keep up with you? Where can we email you to book? Let us have it.
1: Okay, so uh, Instagram and Twitter are both Lady Delphine B. mm mm-hmm. And my email is ladydelphinebellrose at gmail.com. I'm also on the Studio Ludus website. You can book through there as well.
0: Amazing. And for myself, um, since we're talking a lot about pro-doming this episode, I'm at the Lady Pim one, both on Instagram and Twitter. As for bedpostly things, you know, we do this stage, though, the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. at the Social Capital Theater. Uh, You can email me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com, bedpost.ca, Bedpost Erotic on Facebook, the Bedpost Podcast on Instagram. I know they're all different, and it's annoying to me, too. Um, Oh, I also have a new pro-doming website. It's ladypim.com. If you want to check that out. Uh, And last but not least, you know, since Lady Delphine brought it up, the Patreon, once again, it's (laughs) patreon.com slash TheBedPostShow. Thank you so, so much, Lady Delphine, for coming up episode 200.
1: It was an honor. Thank you so much. Oh,
0: I'm so pleased. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's been listening to the last 200 episodes. Uh, I, I enjoy doing this podcast so, so much, still. Every week, I look forward to doing this podcast. Like you know, some some stuff gets laborious as we're talking about emotional labor, you know. Some of the bedpost stuff gets a little difficult. This is never hard for me. I always look forward to doing this. Always, every single week for 200 episodes. So thank you for allowing me this platform and thank you so much for being, for being lovely, amazing fans. Thank you, Lady Delphine. My pleasure, thank you. And bye, everybody, bye.